question. Dear guests, we're back after a month-long hiatus for spring break. Chelsea Oberst and Michael Greenwood are here. Ah, <laughs> uh, you saucy makes. That's not <laughs> our real names. No, I'm Chelsea Greenwood, and that's Michael Oberst, and together we have a podcast called This is the Pits, and you're listening to it. Yeah, and today we're talking about a movie from 2008, barely 2008, by the way, it's December. Um, yeah, uh, the 2008 Christmas movie, Day. Christmas Day, but the movie is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, Starring Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. Directed by David Finch. This is their third movie together. Good for fucking them. You know, congratulations. I have to say, I am impressed by this working relationship. I am impressed by David Fincher, or as Brad Pitt calls him, Finch. Of course Brad Pitt calls him that in his fucking motorcycle jacket. Uh, have you ever seen? I mean, I'm... Okay. There's so many things to talk about. First of all, it's been a month since we've podcasted, so we should catch up on each other's lives really quickly. Okay. Second of all... Brad Pitt and Angelina are hardcore in the swing of things. His oh, yeah, I forgot about that. foundation is building houses all over New Orleans. This movie takes place in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They've had Vivian and Knox. I read a whole article about them and their birth, and I am just really thrilled to be back here. I missed, just missed us. I missed us. <laughs> I missed Brad, truly. I mean, he's become a, a part of my well, life as much as you have. He. Let me tell you something. This is a true thing. I think I have finally figured something out, and that is that I have an actual crush on him, like a celebrity crush. <laughs> I think I might, too, just because it's like absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know? And I was yeah. absent from Brad, and my heart has grown so Same. fond. And like when I see him and stuff, I'm like, oh, oh, Brad. <laughs> I know. I'm like, when I see him like in a random magazine, I'm like, hey, babe, I missed you so much. And the thing is, imagine how Jennifer Aniston feels because he's literally fucking everywhere and you don't realize it until you're not like you. Of course, you realize it when you're with him. Like when we're doing the podcast, of course, I realize it. But for some reason, it hurts a little bit when I'm not doing the podcast and I do see him everywhere because I'm like. It feels like I'm looking at pictures of an ex everywhere, even though we didn't like break. We yeah, just like 100%. I got ghosted, you know. I didn't get broken up with. I just got ghosted, and I'm like, where does it, where is he anyway? Yeah, even, it's like, you know? and it's like, and everybody loves him, and you're obviously the loser, you know. Yeah, you lost the break. Totally. Yeah, exactly. I lost. He's and he's doing so well. <laughs> he's doing so well, and then there was another moment where I realized I had a crush on him because there's. We'll get to the movie, obviously, but there's a point in the movie where he works and lives on a tugboat, and the tugboat's called Chelsea, and he said my name. Oh. And I legitimately was like, I know what it sounds like for Brad Pitt to say my name, and I was like, (laughs) should I rewind this and rewatch it? Did you? And record it and put it on Instagram? No, but maybe I should. He goes, the Chelsea, and the way he whispers... It's oh as if he was communicating directly He was. Me. I think he was communicating directly. And I don't think that you should let anyone tell you <laughs> anything else. He was communicating. <laughs> no, there's obviously... There's a lot of chemistry there, and I've been meaning to tell you. It's, it seems like there's something there. Um, so, what's going on? What's new with you in this last month, Chelsea McFelsey? Well, the reason it's it's been a long... It's been a month because I was in Ireland for a week on vacation. Oh, yeah. And then I came back and I produced a not one, not two, but three commercials. One of them took me to Dallas. And so I am so tired I could sleep for four days, but 
um, that's really it. I've just I've just been working for a month, and I feel horrible for not being able to engage in this. Um, well, I kind of have too. So don't feel horrible because when I when you were in Ireland, and then plus two weeks after that, I was also working, and I it was like. Not one, not two, but three jobs for Facebook that were all overlapping each other. And so I just, I had no days off for probably three weeks straight. And so. That's where I, today's my first day. And I would not have been able to record anyway. Um, So it was, it ended up being fine. Um, But now I'm back. And good for us. I know. Good for us. We are, we're thriving. We're booked. We're busy. We are just two busy bees, but I'm. Now I'm not working, and I just took a nap right before we're doing this and um, drinking some green tea and some (laughs) green curry. I'm drinking red wine, and I'm going to go have tacos. And it's pouring rain, and it's still winter in New York. What's the date? May? It's May 13th, and it is winter as fuck. I'm so sad. Well, you're sad now, but it's going to be muggy and hot for months over there. I know, and I'm sad We're all going to die. Global warming is real, and we're all going to die. Yeah, it is. Um, should we talk about this uh, fucking movie? Yeah, I just have a few things. I want to talk about 2008 really quickly. It's not We already have done 2008. Um, I just want to remind Has you. Has 2008 changed in the month that we've been gone? No, but I just want to set the scene for Christmas. Okay. You know? So you just a reminder. Uh, it was Christmas, yeah. Yeah, it came out on Christmas. So Barack Obama had just been elected president the month before. There's a feeling of happiness and joy throughout the world, except for... Mm. That was the year that Heath Ledger died of an accidental prescription drug overdose in a New York City apartment, cutting short a brilliant career. We didn't cover that last time. And No, we didn't, and that's really sad. I just wanted to point out that minimum wage in this country in 2008 was $6.55 an hour. That seems lower than it should be. Honestly, I think right now it's like $7.25. It's not that high. Um, In New York, it's $15.00. In LA, I think it's fifteen, and San Francisco, it might be sixteen. But um, yeah, U.S. I'm gonna Google it right now. Minimum wage 2019. Because in our yeah, seven twenty five in America, that's the minimum wage. God, that's nothing. It's so little. Yeah. I I was hired to do a job for a minute that paid me minimum wage, and I quit almost immediately because I was like, I can't actually live on minimum wage in yeah. LA. It was $15 an hour, and I couldn't live on no, it. No, it's, like, like, it's actually working for no money. It's such a sad, endemic thing. <sighs> I make more money on unemployment. Yeah, there you go. So unemploy your shit out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anything else for it to... <laughs> Yeah, okay, whatever that means. (laughs) So that's it for 2008, but I also really quickly want to talk about some things in Brad's life. Um, The Make It Right Foundation in New Orleans. This was the year that he um, opened up his three houses that he funded um, down in the ninth quarter in um, New Orleans. And he still is like a huge activist in New Orleans. He still like spends hundreds of thousands of dollars fixing it up down there, which I think is really amazing and nobody talks about. But also... Brett's a very charitable man. Oh, he's so charitable, especially when he was with Angelina. They were both charitable together. But Pitt said his fondness for the city led him and Joe Lee to buy an early 1830s masonry mansion in the French Quarter. Well, Lottie freaking da. They they definitely try to out-charity each other, and they try to... Just be, I mean, they're just amazing. Like, I fucking love them. And I'll tell you what, they have six kids. This is a quote from Angelina. 
She said, we'll be building a TB AIDS clinic in Ethiopia. Once when we, oh, she goes, basically we plan for Zahara to take it over when she's older. Wow. That's okay. Who knows if she even wants to, but yeah. Okay. Give it to her. And then he said, and then I wanted to talk about one last thing. I'm sorry. This is, it's been so long. I'm rusty at potting. Um, that he and Angelina never work together, never work at the same time. So the whole time he was making this movie, she wasn't working and vice versa. Well, him and Gwen didn't did the same thing. I know. And it made me sad for Gwen. Although Gwen's thriving. I follow her on Instagram. Gwen is thriving. Gwen's great. I fucking love Gwen. And yeah. people really don't. A lot of people actually hate her. I love to hate her. Unfair. And that's the true story. See, I like her. I think she's cool she's pretty she's nice she's smart she does cool activist things so i stand i we we stand gwyneth paltrow in this house we stand Um, i stand gwyneth paltrow in a mocking way (laughs) in in my house (laughs) shelby and i (laughs) oh shelby how is shelby she's the cutest cat for those who don't know she Um, screams every time she leaves her litter box and i've recently found it to be so funny she's always done it but she comes out of her litter box and then she goes every time and I think it's a funny thing. Because she's like feeling good or because she's like, I'm done. She's like, just so you know, I finished. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. She wants you to like congratulate her. I do. You know what? I kind of do that too. Do you? Do you howl at your boyfriend? Thank you. I'm done. (laughs) Well, we have the flush. She doesn't have the flush. So it's like we have some way to like complete our cycle. Right. To like, it's like the fun cap on the end of the... (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, it's time to talk about the movie, unless okay. you want to talk about like what pants Brad Pitt was wearing in 2008 or something like that. No, he looked great. This was a great time period for him. He was with Angelina, so he was a little bit more... He started getting tattoos. He started riding a motorcycle. He, had, he was wearing looser clothing. He was like a fine line, like one or two steps away from Johnny Depping, if you know what I mean at this point. But he was also dadding, which is the hottest thing when he's a dad. This this movie was kind of a commercial for Triumph Motorcycles. Did you notice that? Triumph Motorcycles and Levi's jeans. Levi's um, costumed the whole thing. Oh, I didn't realize that. But well, that's sad for Levi's that I didn't even realize it. And they probably spent a bunch of money. It sucks for Lee Jeans that I didn't even realize that they costumed Levi this whole movie. Levi Jeans, case in point. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, it does, it does even worse. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, no, it was fully a Triumph commercial, though, because, like, there's so many shot, like close-up shots of, like, Triumph motorcycles and, like, mm-hmm. the logo and him riding it, which I will say, he looks fucking good riding it. Um, oh, my but... God. I nearly slid right off of my chair every time he was on one. Because here's <laughs> the thing about this movie. It takes a long time for Brad to become, Brad's face to be actually Brad's face. And the first beginning part of it is he's just, like, a creepy, scary version of Okay, let's, go, let's rewind before we start talking about that. Okay. Let's talk about the very beginning. Okay. Um, I don't understand. I feel like they tried with the old with the blind man making a clock. I feel like they tried to make that an explanation for why he was born as an old man, but it didn't make any sense. First no. of all, I'm not 100 percent sure that I believe that a blind man made a clock because <laughs> if a blind man makes a clock. And he unveils it, and the clock is running backwards. I'd be like, "Oh, d- nobody'd say anything." It did, good, good job! Wow, you no, actually made a but clock. He did it. I'd on be purpose. like, "Don't tell him." No, I know he did it on purpose. But if I saw a blind man make a clock, I wouldn't tell him that it's running backwards because he does. He'll never know. And so, 
No, because blind men can like, feel, Michael. I know they can feel, but he's not. Once it's <laughs> mounted, once it's mounted and the clock is yeah. running and it's going backwards, yeah. I mean, he's not going to go up there and feel it to make sure it's running the right direction. I'd be like, wow, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't tell. I'd be like, it's, oh, he, it's running backwards. He, you know what? He tried, yeah. though. It's really good that he did uh, it. I have to say. But also, it didn't make sense as an origin story. So that's the thing. For sure. Okay. Number one, while we talk about this movie, we have to suspend all belief because all of my things and I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Wait, that doesn't make sense. But then I'm like, wait, but also it doesn't make sense that he was born an old man who aged backwards. (laughs) So like we have to suspend like in our criticisms of this movie, we have to suspend belief. However, remember where we are. Right. But however, in terms of like telling a story, however whimsical, the beginning of it. Like, that whole thing doesn't make any sense. Why don't we just start in the hospital room? Like, why do we need... Just fucking cut it out. Just tell a tale. It doesn't help anything. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's already... I will say, though, this is a long movie. And normally, I hate, hate, hate a long movie. Yeah. But I, I didn't hate this long movie. Like, well... I didn't hate watching this long... Like, the movie itself is, is pretty bad. But I, I didn't hate... Like, I didn't feel like a sludge like like so many of the other long movies that we've watched. I don't think this movie is pretty bad. I think this is a great movie. I mean, there obviously, we're going to criticize a bunch of shit. There's a lot of bad things. There's a lot of, like, Hollywooding. There's a lot of, like, horrible scripting. But in terms of a viewer enjoying herself watching it, I watched the whole thing, and I enjoyed myself watching it. I guess in that sense, I will agree that I did have a pretty good time watching it i i wasn't like bored but i was like this doesn't make any fucking sense none of because it makes I guess, any sense <clears throat> but you kept but i found myself asking like trying to um like figure out what was going on the whole time i wanted an explanation more than i gave a shit about the message but at the same time i think the message the themes that they're exploring are not too bad like they're not they're beautiful. Yeah, they're they're pretty original, and it's... I mean, I guess it's kind of a cool way of telling... A cool concept for a story, but just the execution, I felt like, wasn't that good, which is why I was... You're interested because it's intriguing. Well, you're interested because it's intriguing. It's also really pretty, and I think you're interested because you're like, wait a minute, I'm... It's like you're all... For me, at least, the whole time I'm, like, trying to figure out this puzzle. It's like trying to solve a puzzle of, like, okay, if he's aging backwards, if he's grown an old man, his brain is an infant, like... The body to brain thing just doesn't really quite connect. And so I find myself trying to figure out like his place in the world. And so is he, I guess. Does that make sense? Right. And I also will say that everyone sort of, uh, everyone's pretty much okay with the fact that this so person is aging backwards. That's a horrible, horrible. Again, we're suspending relief, but like. Why is nobody freaked out? They're freaked out because he's an ugly baby, but they're not freaked out that he's growing backwards. Why isn't all the scientists in the land coming <laughs> to this like scientific anomaly? Why, why didn't they burn him at the stake and be like, this man is the devil. Why isn't this movie powder? we have to kill him. You know? Why isn't this movie powder? I ask that about most movies. Why isn't this movie <laughs> yeah. powder? You know but what it's I like, mean? Remember how powder was like sought after and it was like so sad and... 
Yeah, no, that was a good movie. Why don't we do a podcast next where we just watch Powder every week and pretend like it's our first <laughs> time watching it every time? <laughs> um, so, as I was watching this movie, though, I thought, hmm, this reminds me a lot of Forrest Gump in the way that... Oh, my God, I wrote that, too. Yes, it reminds... I said it's because the narration is the same style. The whimsy yep. of random people telling their stories, like seeing these little vignettes of different people. I was like, it's almost a ripoff. Yes. And then when I was doing research today... This movie was written by Eric Roth, who also wrote Forrest Gump, and reprises his same approach mm. by having his hero's condition determine his mm. life experience. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because truly, it do, it's just like it also like the 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 thing in Forrest Gump where like he happens to be with Elvis learning guitar, he happens exactly. to be in all these like crazy situations. Yeah. Like that happens in this too. He's at like Pearl Harbor. He's at. Yeah. Um, What's it called? The, he's like on a boat in the Florida Keys when the a Challenger launches. It's like, can you please? Yeah, exactly. That, see, that's fucking bullshit. That's cheap. I feel cheated and, and I feel abused. So like in that way, when you say this is a bad movie, I'm like, yeah, because again, I feel taken advantage of. We talk about this time and time again with Brad Pitt because he's such a big star. His star power is used to make bullshit. And so we often feel cheated. Right. But yes. But that being said, again, I enjoyed it. And the biggest thing about this movie is that I really love Kate Blanchett. I really think she what? is carved out of a heavenly stone. Okay. You don't like her? I don't like her. I don't in like general, her. In general or I, I didn't like her. Both. I think the only thing I like her in is Carol. Did you ever see Blue Valentine? Blue no, no Jasmine? Interest. Blue Jasmine? Blue Jasmine. No, oh my God. no interest. No, you've got to watch it. It takes place Isn't in San the... Francisco, Michael. You would love it. No, Carol's the only movie that I like. Kate Blanchett. I'll pay you fifty bucks. And it's going to stay that way for. You got it. I'm going to watch it. Do you, should I watch it today, or how soon can I watch it? <laughs> um. So another thing is the premise of this movie. This is something I wrote down because I having not. I have. I wait. First of all, have you seen this movie before? No. Really? Okay, so I feel like I watched it maybe one or two times a long time ago. Um, 2008 was now 11 years ago, so... Did you watch it when it came out? I think so. And I was... Uh, in 2008, I was a freshman in high school, so I was like... Maybe a sophomore in high school. Um, I was like, yeah, you know, like, barely paying attention anyway. Um, but anyway, so I didn't really remember the end of a lot of stuff, and I was kind of like... Forgetting. I always forget everything. Well, so, and that, this is one of those movies where at the minute it starts, you're anticipating the end because you're like, well, wait a minute. What's he going to look like when he's younger? He's going to be a baby. Yeah. Right. But I was, I was just thinking, like, is the premise of this movie that a dying woman on her deathbed right before a hurricane used her last dying breaths to be like, wait, I have a story to tell you yes. about a an old man who turns into a baby. Who's also the, your and father. <laughs> who's also your... Well, the father part isn't revealed yet. It's like, at that point, it's like, this this lady is with her dying mom, and her mom tells her this, like, crazy, like, absolutely fucking unbelievable story about a man who ages backwards. It's like, she's dying, and you're like, well, mom's doing pretty good. She's been telling this really weird story. Yeah. I don't know where it came exactly. from, but it's very weird. And is that, like, I was going into it, like, Am I supposed to, like, believe that that's what she's using her... Like, am I supposed to give a shit about this, like, senile woman's story? I feel like it's the same thing as Hook. Did you ever see Hook? And Titanic. And Titanic. Oh, yeah. It's so much like Hook. Yeah, but those... I mean, but I love both of those movies. But it's that same thing of, like, I, I have to tell you something. Love it's Hook. the secret I held my whole life. Um, 
And I think it's weird, like, that it was set during Hurricane Katrina. Okay. I also found it very weird towards the end when they're like, hi, we're moving people out of the hospital. And she's like, we're not going anywhere. Well, because she just found out who her father was. No, no, that, that's not a reason. Yes, it's a reason. I would stay. No, of course it's not. You're not going to move. You're not coming. moving your dying mother. You ain't moving your dying mother. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I'd be like, wait a minute. I need to hear the end of the story. I don't want to die in this fucking hurricane before I hear the end of the story. Well, she heard Let's go. the end of the story. She had heard. I would the end still. Of the story. So then, it just doesn't make any sense why she's like, we're not going. Like she has to stay there. It's like. There's a hurricane, girl. Get the fuck out. What right. are you talking about? You're right. not going anywhere. So it's like you can suspend really, you can b- suspend belief that like nobody paid attention because otherwise the story wouldn't make sense. And you can suspend the belief that he's aging backwards, but you can't suspend like the logical things in the movie like that. Some stuff. Also, like, why even put a fucking hurricane there? So you don't even need that. I was thinking about that and I Googled it because I was like, not only a hurricane, like the hurricane, that hurricane was the only thing that That's anybody talked the about. The hurricane. That's, yeah. Yep. It was a huge deal for our country. It was like, it's still, like you go down to New Orleans and it's still, it's like 9-11. It's like you're still deep in Katrina land. It's like Grand Zero. Yeah, exactly. So I read in the EW review this. Calling forth the floodwaters of Katrina is a symbol of the inability to stop time is distracting, even presumptuous and brutal. Still, the point is made. Life is a tide, a flood even, against which youth, beauty, and even Brad Pitt have no magical powers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie, I mean, with like the little logos with the buttons falling, I mean, it's a little on the nose with the metaphors sometimes. You know what I mean? Well, it is metaphorically... A disgusting, it's like a cheese, it's like a fucking syrupy cheesecake. <laughs> All of the cheesy yeah. metaphors they pull off. There's it's like the so hummingbird cheesy. who comes back. It's like nobody needs that. Seriously. And then all of these like callbacks, all of these like, all of these like storytelling like devices that they use. It's like you already have all the CG in the world, all the makeup in the world, Brad Pitt. A story, we don't need, like, to be flashed back in time to see all these, like, filmic things in sepia tone with the guy who got, the guy who was hit seven times by lightning. It's like, again, we don't need a three and a half hour movie. Make it a two hour movie and just make it the story, you know? Yeah. And also, why are you putting it in, like, old filmy looking footage like That's are we supposed point. to believe someone was there filming it that was so exhausting the first that and that it's a flashback not a movie that somebody yes. filmed back then but i mean and that's the thing that also is a reason why i hated that original storyline about the clockmaker because it's like that whole thing was in this like very obviously digitally recreated film look right yeah and it was but distracting not, but it was like before cameras got to be how they are now where like they can be so good at recreating a film look yeah. with within in camera. Yeah. Like in Amira, like nowadays in Amira can do that kind of shit and like do a really good job. If you have the right lenses of making it yeah. look super filmy, but like back then yeah. they didn't have the best camera technology. I mean, it was great. It looks good, but it, to make it look like it just didn't work. It was really, no, really dumb. I know. And, and that was the, that was, the we, we just now at that point, we have just now cut out 15 minutes of unnecessary content from this movie. <laughs> 
I know. What assholes we are. Like, we're like, we've never made a, a movie of such epic proportions where we're like, we know how to fucking fix it. And this is what I keep talking yeah. about with Game of Thrones, <laughs> which we're not going to sidebar to Game of Thrones. We can do that oh offline. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We fun. have, because there's some, I have notes. Oh, we've got notes. But um, anyway, so I just have to say a few things. One, I watched this on Mother's Day and I had been on the road for two weeks with the show, overly tired, and I literally was sobbing my way for the whole first scene. Yeah, all right. Well, listeners, uh, Chelsea accidentally stopped recording about 10 minutes ago. Maybe five. It wasn't too long ago, but there's a, a good chunk of really golden content lost. Um, yeah. But it's okay. Well, you know what? What we learned from Benjamin Button is that all things must pass. You know what? Don't try to don't try to sugarcoat this. <laughs> no, I'm blaming it on your boyfriend. Oh no, who... we were just talking about Mary fucking and killing the various Brads. Well, we were talking about Mary fucking killing. We were talking about um, how the CGI looks really weird. We had a pretty strong disagreement just now about how. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> I was saying that when Brad Pitt, like, was doing the old man voice because it sounded like he had an accent, right? Like. Old man voice Brad was right. like, he just was like ruffling his voice like this as if it made him sound older, but it just made him sound weird. It didn't work at all. And I have to say, Kate Blanchett did that throughout the whole thing and it was awful. Every time she spoke, I was like, I can't hear oh, you. Please speak yes, up. Yes, that. And also, why didn't they just get an old woman to play her when she was on her deathbed? The old woman version of Kate Blanchett looked nothing like her. She barely moved and she hardly spoke. Why just, why put the effort into putting her into all that makeup, it looks nothing like her. Just get an old woman who vaguely looks like her. Because they wanted an Oscar for makeup. Did they get it? No. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire won that year. But it did win three Oscars for makeup, CGI, and special effects. So it did win for makeup. <laughs> That's what I was asking. Yeah. About. Oh, it got that, but it didn't get Oscar of the year. Gotcha. <laughs> Oscar of the year. Um, but yeah, the first thing I wrote down was Brad Pitt's accent. I'm really scared and sad about this. Why, why on earth does he keep doing it? Right. And then, so we also mentioned, I don't know if this was captured, but we also mentioned that, um, Brad Pitt, when he was, uh, first in Russia and like silver hair, Brad Pitt looked Mm. so good. He looked amazing. Um, Oh, because he's the best when he's flirting. He's the best when he's flirting. Right. And so that's a flirty Brad and it looked great. Um, yeah, but then all the other time he had the dead-eyed look in his face yeah and so then i i said i thought he actually looked pretty good kudos to brad for being able to play a 20 year old version of himself and look good he looked young he sounded good but that is cgi and he doesn't look good he looks like a scary creepy i think he looks like a scary creepy the whole movie up until he looks like a brat doll no way! I didn't. I didn't even think it was CGI because I was watching closely. Like, is this even oh, CGI? Oh my god! You are dead ass wrong. I'm mad again. <laughs> Here we are, round two. I'm gonna put this on Instagram, and you'll see, ladies and gentlemen, watch out for our Instagram story slash. I think it's gonna be a real post. We're gonna swipe through each of these characters, and I'm telling you, it's creepy. It's. He looks pretty good when you see. It's also okay when we do this. We have to also show a video clip of it because the video clip is the where, is where you can see that it looks pretty natural. I'm sure in a photo you could probably pick it apart, but a video clip you could see it, it. doesn't look natural. It looks like a hellscape. <laughs> I think There's he looks like moments. a hellscape. I scream. Okay, what do you think's worse, the old man or the young version? So I actually stopped the movie 
so that I could take this picture that I'm about to send to you. It's when he's an old man, but he's like old enough to like talk to his mom and he's lying in bed next to her, sending it your way right now. He's lying in bed next to her, holding her hand. And it is so scary. It's like looking at Gollum. Hold on. Oh, it's so funny. I literally was like, this is going to make me puke. And then when I saw the teenage version of him, I was like, oh, no, this is going to make me puke. And I was so thankful that they skipped to him being a kid. I know. And we didn't have to watch him go through all the years. I agree that they – it's good that they made – but it's also a little bit surprising that they made him like <laughs> – yeah, you're right. That looks very, very <laughs> creepy. Um, it's also a little bit weird that they skipped the teenage years because they don't know what Brad's going to look like as an old man. But they went ahead and – went for it. I guess it's more important to have old man Brad for story-wise than it is to have teenage Brad. But you have a reference photo for teenage Brad. You could just look. Well, but the but the whole idea is like he's lived this long life and then he starts to like she dies of old age physically and he dies mentally of old age even though he's young, you know? But the whole point is that like I read a few quotes from um, Fincher. Basically, Fincher was like, I I wanted the character to be played as if he lived and engaged in every moment. Kind of like Forrest Gump, where it's like he didn't have to think about other things. He was just sort of passively watching and internalizing without judgment kind of a thing. Right. And that every moment counts. Yeah. And that every moment counts. And so when he was younger, he was less able to do that. And so his brain went away. Okay. I guess I could kind of see that. Um, I mean, it doesn't make sense. No, but... it doesn't make a ton of sense. And I think I think in that sense, Fincher was overthinking it. You know, it's you don't need to... We don't need all that information, Fincher. You could just... T- I, I think they missed an opportunity to make an interesting story about somebody who's aging backwards at the, that people are continually obsessed with and he's always low-key running and every time... Every 10 years or so, when people realize, wait, this man's not getting older, he's getting younger. He has to, like, relocate. And there's only a few people in his life who understand him. And um, Yeah, you miss, this, you miss his, the anxiety of living a life like that. But he does take himself away every 10 years. No, but they don't talk about it. He just, like, is different places. The only time that that comes into play is when it's in reference to his daughter. Yeah. And I think you're right. No, you're right. I think we should, you should tell me about how this movie was made. Okay. Uh, let me see if there's any more notes about the movie first. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I have a few, but... Yeah, no. Um, oh, I guess I could also mention that, now that you mentioned that the same writer for Forrest Gump and this movie, it's the same writer, this movie started development in 1994. Mm-hmm, I read that. So that's when Forrest Gump came out. So that's probably why it's so similar. Uh... Oh, yeah. Is because it had just come out with Forrest Gump, and he was like winning all kinds of awards for Forrest Gump. So he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make another Forrest Gump." Basically, um, interestingly though, this, like I said, it started development in 1994, and it has gone through so many iterations of director lead actor combos. Um, the a producer named Bray Stark bought the. Can you hear that crow? It is so loud. A producer bought the film rights for the movie in 1980 um, to be directed by Frank Oz and starring Martin Short. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, They really wanted to make this movie. (laughs) Yep. And then they could not get it off the ground. So 
they uh, moved on. The producer, Ray Stark, moved on to Steven Spielberg starring mm-hmm. uh, Tom Cruise, um, which would have been a very 90s combo. And that was 1991. Um, so it's like they spend years trying to get this movie off the ground with two big names attached, and they can't. And it's a good thing they can't because this movie would have been fucking bizarre as hell. <laughs> I know. Made in 1980 also, trying to do all that makeup. Well, that's the thing. So in a few of the, like, on Brad Pitt Press, like the Hello magazine and the U- Us right. magazine and People magazine, they all talk about this issue as, like, they were just waiting for for CGI to catch up, basically, in order to make it yeah. happen. And, well, then Ray Stark was like, fuck it, this is not going to happen. So he sold the rights to Paramount. And then in 1998, Paramount optioned the movie – to be directed by Ron Howard, starring John Travolta. Yeah, oi. 1998. Which, Travolta was still good-looking in 1998. He was pretty young. He was... Yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't, like, an insane person quite yet. He was about to become an insane person. Well, we didn't We didn't know he was an insane person. <laughs> um, then it, like, got passed around a couple times to some randos, and then eventually they landed on Fincher in 2004, and then they started development to get it made um so i just want to interrupt really quickly about fincher i want to point out that fincher was known as like the king of dark movies he wrapped the zodiac which is a great movie about the zodiac killer yeah um and he had worked previously with brad pitt on seven and fight club which are both really dark and twisty movies all of those movies have like sort of twists to them and then he Mm -hmm. like turns around and for all it's good and bad like makes a movie like a pretty effortlessly Effort, seems like effortless movie about basically Forrest Gump, and I just well, I, I like to, I just like, to, I just want to note the diversity there. Yeah, the the movie sort of, uh, I don't want to say writes itself, but it does do a lot of its own, uh, like, uh, God, how do I say this? Because it doesn't direct, it, it's not like it automatically directs itself, but there's a lot of aspects to it that he doesn't have to really. Um, work too hard to like make happen because it's pretty pretty much like a as is thing like it's like Forrest Gump where you go into it thinking what it's going to be and it's basically that it's basically they just give you like a pretty basic easy to digest movie about a guy who ages backwards I'll tell you why I disagree because Forrest Gump was the first of its kind so now we see these tropes all the time but that kind of hugely well, okay, flawed so, character that carries a movie like that? I don't know. Well, it's Forrest Gump wasn't hugely flawed. Yeah, he was. He was, like, autistic. Well, but he's not flawed. He's, he's just... Flawed. He's no, not he's like not everybody flawed. else. He's different than everybody else, and so is He's Benjamin different, Benjamin. but he's not flawed. He's not, so like... So flaw isn't the word, but still, like, markedly different from everyone around him. Yeah. Seemingly, no, like a... seemingly impaired from the minute the movie starts. Same with Benjamin Button. Yeah. And then and then because of his impairment is like pure of heart and just takes things in like Benjamin Button and like has this lesson. Sure. But my point is not that it's the same as Forrest Gump. My point is that it's it David Fincher didn't have a big task like he did with Fight Club where he had to work really hard to bring all these different crazy elements together. You this mean, was more the like story arc. It's like, there's no, there's no reveal. Right. It's just sort this of is like, pretty, it's, it's pretty like easy direction wise. He, he, I feel like he was able to spend a lot of his energy working on 
getting the best performances out of the CGI and the cinematography. And he was able to focus on the other stuff because the story was pretty like, meh. Yeah. And I think also to this point, even though it negates the earlier point that I made is that he did do some, cons- he did have considerations in there that are like obvious considerations that were outside of the story, like the flashbacks yeah. and stuff. And all right. of that drove me crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah. like all of the all of the things outside of that straight storyline, like random little things and callbacks and flashbacks, yeah. wasn't into it. Like all did of not the, need. Like for instance, she's talking about this choreographer, and then the next song we like next scene we see her dancing on stage in New York with that choreographer, and like the whole thing about how if she had just picked up the phone or if she had just kept her jacket, she wouldn't have. And if that guy hadn't have gotten into oh, a fight, oh my god, I, I know. It was like, just get to the point. We it don't like need... didn't fit in the movie either. We didn't it was need like all that, super out of place. That's the thing. That's my point. It's like, we don't need that fanciful filmmaking. Like, just tell us the story. We're invested. Like, it doesn't need I'm to be I'm invested. Magical. Yeah. I, I do not need that. I'm invested in the man who's aging backwards. Exactly. Not this, ha- that's, like, half that's chance the whimsy, business. That's the magic. I don't need any... This world... Because that's the thing. It's like, are we in a magic world? No. They don't set it up to be a magic world at all. But then there's this one magic character in the middle of it. Right? Right. So, like, let's just focus on that. We don't need... Yes. To, like, see a hummingbird in the middle of the sea, unexplained, you know? I want to see this movie directed by, uh, like, someone really sad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want to see it. Like, imagine if, like, Harmony Corrine directed this movie. Like, how fucking bizarre it would be. Actually, not Harmony Corrine. He would make it very fucked up and weird. Um, I don't know. Somebody who could make it real sad. um... And grotesque. That's the thing. So, like, CGI... You know who wouldn't be afraid of making this movie, doing this movie justice, is, uh, what's his name, the director from who did Us and uh, Get Out, like Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele would, if he were to make this movie, I think he would make the necessary changes to make it interesting. Mm, no. This is not the kind of movie he would make, though. It's not the kind of movie he would make, but if he was forced to, I feel like he would make it really well. <laughs> Like, I mean, it could be creepy and scary and weird, definitely, and it should be. Like, I, or no, we could go he, as, like, cheesy and as outlandish as, like, um, what's the guy? Beetlejuice guy. Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. I don't know. Edward Scissorhands and Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton. Tim like, Burton. Like, what if Tim Burton no, but made that's, this movie? Yeah, that would be, before yeah, he saw I that. guess if Tim Burton made this, um, or the guy who made the Truman Show, what's his name? Oh, now that's the guy. He should have yeah. made this movie because you want it to be a sort of a dystopian thing. Anyway. Yeah, we're so, we're fully getting off track. This okay. movie is a comment on living your life to the fullest and understanding that everything is fleeting and it's supposed to be beautiful. And you do walk away with a little bit of a warm feeling. All the directors we're talking about are like, humankind is the worst and don't get yeah. your hopes up, basically. So for the for the message that the filmmakers wanted to do, I think they I think they did that successfully. Who? How was it received? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Um, so IMDb gives it a 7.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 71%. Roger Ebert, who normally hate, loves all the movies I hate, gave it a 2.5 out of 4. That's a 50%. Oh. A little bit more than 50%. He goes... That's, that's he a feeling great. He just like couldn't reconcile the fact that this was fake (laughs) he said this movie's premise devalues any relationship at all making makes futile and he goes makes futile any friendship or romance and spits not into the face of destiny but backward into the maw of time and i'm like 
Hand job gesture, hand job gesture every time, Ebert. Like, I may not have loved this movie, but also don't take yourself so seriously. Roger Ebert um, cannot help himself. He's just such a cornball. I want to punch him in the guts. Um, He's dead. Don't worry. Well, I want to punch his corpse in the guts. And <laughs> um, EW gave it an A-, minus, which is high. It's been a while since we've seen a high movie. And this is kind of their sentiment was similar to how I felt which is it's easy to admire but a challenge to love oh yeah okay that's a fair way to say it although I wouldn't have given it an A minus with that title but okay mm-hmm. yeah she goes at any moment in this singular Hollywood spectacle two Marvels predominate one technical and the other radical <laughs> oh god because I think generally people really enjoyed his people like loud him for this yeah this was a huge deal when it came out do you remember like Mm -hmm. it was i felt like it was highly anticipated everyone was talking about it it was like even though uh, how it turned out is not really it 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 doesn't really match up with the hype but it was it was it was the most nominated movie at the oscars that year and it only won two or three it won three but it was nominated Well, three's pretty good three's three's great and it and it was nominated for 13 i think Wow. So I just want to play this game really quick. I know we've talked about it a few times, but Mary Fuck Kill. Oh, yeah. Mary Fuck Kill. Russian Brad. Okay. Long haired, 50, 60 year old boat man. Um, James Dean Brad. Oh, my God. Okay. We didn't even talk about this. I'm just going to do a quick sidebar. Their romance in the middle when they met in the middle. I love. Oh, when their so ages passed. I when their ages yeah. passed, and they were in love, and she gets pregnant, and, and they got that the apartment. Yeah, or the house. Yeah, they yeah, got that so apartment, great. and they had the boat, and I really believed in their love, and it was so sad, and he just left, and she was like, watched him go. She didn't well, cry. She knew. She knew. She's. Cr- I'm sure she had done her fair share of crying. It seemed like she was like, I get what's going on. But he could have stayed for a couple years. But he didn't want her. He now. He, he didn't want the it's girl. Like, he didn't want his daughter to remember him. Also, he didn't want to take away his wife's ch- or his you know partner's chance of finding a suitable father for the baby, which is what she he really wanted is for the baby to have a dad, and he couldn't stick around and then just leave when she's three years old. Like, nah. Yeah. So I think he did the right thing, even though it sucks. Okay, so um, James Deed fleeting love, bl- Brad. Ugh. Uh. Russian de- black oh God, I cannot say his name. Russian Brad or uh, y- ballet school young Brad. I will kill and murder ballet school young Brad because he is actually terrifying. I think okay. I'll fuck the fifty-year-old Brad, that Russian. Okay. And I'll marry James Dean because can you believe? Well, okay. Here's another twist to it. Are we talking about fucking marrying and killing? the characters oh, in those moments backwards or not because are yes, we marrying exactly. someone who's gonna get we're... younger in yeah. that case we're gonna want to marry the old man exactly yeah so and but you know what we're gonna want to kill that Still, fucking teenager i think in any scenario we're killing the teenager we're killing He's... the teenager although what if we marry fuck kill teenager old man like early Brad, like when he's holding his mom's hand in bed, Brad versus like, there was also this midway point, Brad, like in the fifties where he was, it was in between boat captain and hot Brad, which I did not like. He had like, when his hair was, was in them. between Brown and gray. Mm, salt and pepper Brad. Yeah. Basically once he was bland, blonde, I was wanting to fuck him again. And I loved him. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I think I would, I would uh, probably kill fetus Brad. I, I, I sympathize with the guy who played his dad, who was like about to throw the baby in the water. I would have done the same thing. I mean, I'm going to be honest. If I saw that monstrosity of a baby, I'd be like, ooh, get rid of it now. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing we didn't talk about, his dad. I guess we don't really need to talk about it. That was how they made it so that he could live a could life, Could have cut him out right? of the story. But he could've made money that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. And he had that moment where he took his dad to the sunset. It's just like, stop fluffing me. Just give yeah, me the stop... storyline. Yeah, exactly. I, you have an interesting premise. You don't have to add all this shit. Yeah, and it, honestly, I think maybe we should produce this movie again. We should, we should remake it? Because I think VFX are even leaps and bounds better than they are now, than they were then. And I think also, like, we could get rid of the fluff and like actually tell the story and maybe focus a little bit more on his younger years because it does feel like they just like we spent we spent the whole movie with an old Brad or middle-aged Brad and then all of a sudden he was a baby you know we didn't Well it'd be interesting if they made this a little bit more tragic and um Yeah but that's the point again they don't want it to be tragic No but I said it'd be interesting if we made it tragic because it could be you could have something very tragic there at the end with with young Brad just you know, being kind of passed around and people not like wanting to take care of him and put him in foster homes. Yeah. But he, they don't understand that he's getting younger and that he's like, he can't really make, he stops being able to make decisions for himself like an old person, but he doesn't get treated like an old person because he looks like a child. I know. And I have to say, I think I, I really liked how she came and took care of him. And I really liked the way. Sure. It, it felt comforting and yeah. warm. And I liked but... the way that they, I liked the action surrounding him being a kid. I thought it was rushed, but I did. I, w- I was satisfied with that. Right. Okay. You want to hear how it's done at the box office? Yeah. And how much? It was opened Christmas Day. Um, and this opening weekend, it opened at number three um, with $26.8 million hmm. behind Marley and Me and Bedtime Stories. 26 point what? Eight million whoa behind marley and me starring mm-hmm. his ex-wife brad jelena ad pitt jennifer aniston <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think she just goes by jennifer aniston but yeah it's close <laughs> same thing um wait wait, wait, a... wait 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 how much did it cost to make oh god i didn't even look up the how much it cost to make fuck okay i'll look that up in a second but um it it's total domestic gross was 127 million um and its international gross was 202.1 million. Its total worldwide gross was 329.6 million. Mm. If you add in the DVD sales of 49.4 million, um, its total entire life world universe growth is 379 million. Okay, not bad. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. Wait, you didn't tell me how much it cost to make yet. That's because I was trying to read and also type. I was going to say, I have a feeling this budget is smaller than I think it's going to be. Well, what do you think it's going to be? $250 Oh, wow. Do you think that's smaller? Yeah. $250 Yeah, because of all the CGI. (laughs) But two... Okay, well, it costs $167 million. Which is to I me, thought at insane. least two hundred. I thought it was at least no, two hundred million. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Movies now don't even cost that much. You know what does Game of Thrones? 
Let's see what the Game of Thrones budget is. No, 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 not yet. We can do this offline. Anyway, wow, okay, so that's not bad, considering. Game of, Game of Thrones is $15 million per episode. Yeah, but they but that's amortized, so that changes. Like, for instance, the Long Night episode was probably way more than the episode following it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. $15 million Well, it's $90 million total. Yeah, there you it's, go. It's $90 million total for all of season eight, which is... Still, but still, 90, 90 million for that much CGI compared to 167 million yeah, for a two and a half CGI hour. CGI is better now. Our equipment is better. Still, it's. I think I'm shocked that you thought it was 250 million. <laughs> Maybe I have no You could like start a country with that much money. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that. Oh, we have to talk about our ratings. Yeah. What did you think? We haven't really talked about Brad Pitt at all this whole time. But tell me what you... His performance? Yeah. Um, God, I don't, I don't know. Because it wasn't like a horrible performance, but it wasn't remarkable either. I'm going to give him a six. Kind of middle of the road. Um, you know... Because he loses points for the accents. I'm going to give him an extra point on the back end because when I was reading about this movie he talked a lot about how he felt really comfortable in this role and how he felt like he as a father and like as an old as in his 40s he was in his 40s at this point that like he really kind of engaged with the character in a way he had never really done before and so in review in in rating him i want to just take that into consideration i'm going to give him a seven Okay. For the second half of the movie, when basically when he becomes Brad, I love him again. But like when he's an old man, I really didn't like that like lilt that he had. You know? No, me neither. And the accent Not at threw all. me off immediately. No, it was very uncomfortable. But how about looks? This is a toughie because looks. So many this is a toughie because there's so many looks. So I think we need to rate him highly, or I'm gonna give him like an like generally. I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna give him like a seven and a half. Because he doesn't look bad. I mean, he looks... When he's fully himself, he looks great. But what's what percentage of the movie... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, when he's Brad, he looks hot as fuck. But he never really looks bad. He just looks older. And, like, mm. any anytime he doesn't look, like, good, it's, like... It's, it's because the CGI is not good. But it's interesting. Like we could rate him through decade too, because when he was dressed in twenties clothing, outside of his face, because we're talking about his styling. True. I think he was styled well. I'm gonna give him a seven and a half too. Okay. All right. What about the movie overall? Gosh, that's a toughie. You go first. Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Oh, oh. you know what? Five. Five. I'm gonna five. Wow. Really? That's low. It's low because it's not a very good movie. It's not terrible, but it's really not good. It's long. It's too long. They missed so many opportunities to make it better. Yeah, but you they had blatant advertising. About, well, they did have advertising everywhere they turned. That was like the time. Um, I, I, my instinct is to give it like a six and a half or seven. Okay. Well, I mean, I get that too. I get that too. I just, I, I, uh, I'm, I, you know what? Just to offset your bad score, I'm going to give it a seven because I, enjoyed <laughs> okay. wa- I like genuinely enjoyed watching it. And I, in a time where I'm so busy, I was, I was really, um, I was like, ugh, fuck, I have to watch this long ass movie. And I didn't hate when I was watching it. I was like, I was actually like, oh, I need this right now. I need this like long cheesy thing. 
to like True. soothe my tired soul. I don't want to have to I had think a feeling you hard. would like it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I didn't love it. it by any stretch, but I liked it. You yeah, know I love the like, cheese. I'm the cheese queen. You love cheese. You love old shit, too. And there was a lot of oh, right, like period I stuff. I love wars. I got love what? two wars. Wars. Whores? Whores and wars. There were both of those things. There, uh, there was a war. Yeah. And a whore. There was a whore. And he was like, are you going to be here tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, that was cute. I liked it when he was an innocent guy. And he had too much stamina because he was a young child. Yeah, and his old pole worked great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that's... Is that it? That concludes our ratings and that concludes our pod. That concludes uh, this movie, The Curious Case of Benjamin's Butthole. Um <laughs> And I used to have an idea for a movie called Curious Case of Benjamin's Butthole. And it's l- just like Benjamin Button, except for a baby is born with an, like a 90-year-old man's butthole. <laughs> and it's like really jarring. And everyone's like, this is a really bad, gross butthole. And then as he gets older, his butthole gets like tighter and you know, <laughs> Oh, no. What happens better. when he's an old man? It's like sealed up. And it's just like a brand spanking new, just a, just, just very <laughs> pink. Pink. Uh, actually, I talked to my sister about this. This is a really gross. Listeners, tune out if you don't want to be grossed out. But she was like, I'll never forget when my when her daughter, she's like, I'll never because, you know, you have to wipe your babies. Right. <laughs> she's like, As I'll one never does. forget when like I, I like cleaned her when she got out of the shower and like I cleaned her and like she, her butthole was stained. Like she's like, it doesn't take very long for you to have a like for your pink butthole to turn into a brown butthole. Gross. That and is she, gross. And she was like, I'm so sad. I was so sad. Wait, are buttholes way. brown because they're stained? Over Overuse, yeah. Overuse. Well, I'm going to quit using mine just to get well, it right. that's why the bleaching industry <laughs> exists. All I'm saying is she was like, I had this really weird sensation of like being like, aw. <laughs> that is <laughs> so weird. Maybe I'll cut this out. Um, no, leave it in. <laughs> uh, but anyway... The next week is a genuine, verified, delicious and delightful movie called Inglorious Bastards, which I genuinely love. Speaking also of fucking wars, long, but great. Great I movie. I love Inglorious Bastards. Top to bottom, I haven't watched it in so long. And Me too. I, you know, I love a war, so I'm Well, one of the saddest it. things about this podcast, about doing this podcast, is that I can't watch movies that I like that have Brad Pitt in it unless I've already watched it for this podcast. I know. I know. Because Netflix, like I don't want to ruin it. And Netflix has Inglorious Bastards and fucking Moneyball, which I, I still, I always say this. I can't wait for Moneyball. You're going to love it. I know. Um, well, it's funny because now everybody like Hulu and Netflix and iTunes are all like telling me to watch Brad Pitt movies because they think I'm a Brad Pitt fan. And I'm like, no, you guys don't understand. Can't, can't you tell I've been watching them in chronological order? <laughs> I know. Get it. Like get your algorithm together, bitch. Yeah, please also subscribe to our podcast and email us and follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter. Yeah, we are at this is the pits pod on Instagram and at the pits pod on Twitter, and you can email us if you want to at uh, this is the pits pod at gmail.com. So thanks for tuning in. We missed you so much. I hope you made it this far, and I love you. And we'll see you next week for Inglorious Bastards. Yay! Bye. Bye.